0: Welcome back to The Week in Horror. Today we're going to talk about December 1st through December 7th. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Eugene and I'm here with JL and Alex. How are y'all doing?
1: Good. <laughs> I was waiting for Alex.
0: <laughs> this is Alex.
1: <laughs> oh, no, we can, we, we can, I think we could actually keep this funny. How's it going, horror fans? This is JL. <laughs> Number two. <10. laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: oh
0: and of course We're things are gonna now, get guys. crazy we've, for we've our made ourselves episode. absolutely oh, <laughs> he the big one zero <laughs>
1: absolutely ho ho
0: ho Oh, we are going into the and we are going you into know what would be super season. cool this Christmas
3: present is like 500 followers on Facebook
0: definitely definitely one of my favorite times of the year that would be awesome
1: that would be sweet, and and we could do like a huge giveaway, like movies and horror memorabilia and merchandise, stuff like that. That would be really, really sick. That's something that I would like to do. In fact, I think we will do that. We will do that. If we hit 500 followers before Christmas, December 25th, we hit 500 followers before that, we will do a giant giveaway on this that will include DVDs of your favorite horror films, classic horror films and a bunch of other very very cool horror shit that we can find and throw in a box. <laughs> you are find your a hands box like filled like up with serial really cool killer shit. memorabilia and or something. one of our lucky listeners will get that. But we got to hit those 500 followers before Christmas. And then he... I That's I have awesome. some, you know, I may I may look through my own personal collection. I've got some really interesting shit that I probably I would probably be really cool with parting with. You know, I've got some good stuff here.
0: Yeah, yeah. that that would be really cool. So definitely tell your friends, follow us, keep track, stay check out the Facebook page on a regular basis.
1: Follow us there and get that daily
0: splatter. Absolutely. Every day. Ooh. All right, all right. Last, so last one. Let's see, to recap, right, <clears throat> we actually have, it's like Friday the 13th this month. I'm excited about this. Yep.
1: The last one of the year. I fucking love these because I always do, I always do Jason Marathons on Friday Both. the 13th. I, that's how I end my week. I just go in there just like, boom, start at one and see how far I can get.
3: <laughs> oh, there's no such
1: thing. <laughs> well, I, well, usually by then I'm drunk enough to endure Jason X. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess oh, he's screwed. <laughs> oh, come on. Uber Jason. <laughs>
1: That's half a. Uh, you need at least five shots. Half a th- bottle to of Jamie that and <laughs> a joint, and maybe you can deal
0: with it. You gotta look forward to the camping scene with the girls in the sleeping bag. Okay, okay, that scene.
1: <laughs> that that scene damn near makes that movie fucking worth it. Just Kill seeing him get to do that again. Only it was like instead of just one, it was like boom boom boo, boo. was like die bitches oh
0: man that's how i felt about the movie die die <laughs> die oh
1: we also have it's i mean this is also the month uh and there's something special something really really cool i found online it was a book, and for those who dig, you know, books on horrors like this, it was a really, really neat one. And apparently, this bad boy is really, really hard to find, but it's called Yuletide Terror, Christmas Horror on Film and TV. It's this awesome hardback book, the sick-ass cover, and just, like, loaded, like, 400 pages of just the history of, of Christmas horror. Just all stuff, you know, TV series, m- m- films, indie stuff, as much as they could jam-pack in this book. I highly recommend it for the horror fan in your family as a present if you can find it. Now, this thing, I think it was in for print. It, it was published in 2017, but it is ridiculously difficult to find. But if you can find it,
0: I strongly recommend it. <laughs> Yule Territ. You know the terror. one. <laughs> Ooh. For the horror fan of the family. <laughs> yeah, I think it would make an excellent Christmas present. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know it's it's that particular one in your family
0: yeah the one listening uh I, you know who we're talking about <laughs> drop hints with your family by the way this is what i like for christmas Grandma, i want this book oh then, sweet, a book. follow the What's facebook page i might have santa
1: killing
3: everyone
1: there you go more horror stuff mm-hmm.
3: as long as he's reading <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, and for this month, Eugene, you've got some. Specialty. Oh, yeah. So I actually, so I directed a short horror film called "The Sacrifice." Um, that it went and went on to win a couple awards at a film festival a couple years ago, and it got picked up by the Dallas Film Alliance screening on December fifth at the Angelica. So, if you're actually live in Dallas come out. Tickets, I think, are like ten bucks or something like that. And it's about six or seven other great, fantastic films. Another film I produced called Daddy's Little Girl. But you can actually see a little bit of my work in action. The Sacrifice. It's a great horror film. Uh, the villain that we had, <laughs> she won Best Villain. She, she's super creepy. Super, super creepy in terms of how she can I pop can... up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I can I can fucking attest to this. That that shit creeped me the fuck out. Of course then again I watched it with the lights off as I was going to bed and I was like, no. Eh, eh, eh,
0: eh. <laughs>
2: and
0: it was actually funny because um me and my girlfriend at six flags and we ran into her yesterday. Oh, was yeah, turned, she's Coming like to character hey, bitch. Yeah. Coming to screening, she's like, Yeah, I was like, Yeah, why don't you scare like the shit out of people? She's like, I'm excited. <laughs>
1: but i can attest i can attest super creepy little little short that was just very very effective um anybody we can anybody any of you listeners out there who dig stuff like that if you happen to be in dallas and you know the angelica is this the one over off
0: uh mockingbird yes yes that one sweet so it starts at it starts at 7 p.m december 5th Come check it out. There's gonna be a whole red carpet there. I'll be there, so you get a chance to meet me, um, and see some other great films. And speaking of films, we got our first one coming up. Our first film that was released December first, two thousand six, right? Ooh. Directed by John Stockwell, starring a pre Transformers Josh Just a Duhamel,
3: fantastic,
0: and Olivia Wilde, piece of. And the film is the modern, Does.
3: <laughs> out of curiosity, have you ever seen a dumb fucking group of teenagers? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I have, I have not, I have not in my life. I can well now. There's some close ones, but
0: I think they may take first prize. (laughs) Yeah, they're up there. So those of you have not seen this movie, just a real, real down and dirty, quick rundown. You get a group of teenagers. They're in South America. Like we're gonna go party and all this other kind of stuff. And they start partying with some locals. And of course, (laughs) the locals drug their drinks and they oh of course you know locals do and so then they're like oh we don't have any id we don't have any like those other kind of stuff where are we gonna go and this guy's like well why don't you come check this house on this hill (laughs) that sounds sounds like a great idea (laughs) this sounds great this is a great idea (laughs) absolutely and it's I don't know. Maybe go to the US Embassy or something like that. But no, I was just—I was just fucking thinking that.
1: <laughs> maybe we should go to the embassy and try to get you know copies of our IDs. No, we got to go to this dude's that we don't know's uncle's house in the middle of the fucking
0: jungle. That's where we need That's to go. That's the safest place. And no so shit. It turns out that these people like to steal. Organs and sell them on the black market.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is like uh, is the worst fucking vacation ever. <laughs> oh god! Dude. And you forgot? So, uh, like, you, you okay, forgot so they get the, to the this fucking dude's right?
3: house and they they, they, they find all these ribbon, passports. And this guy's like, fuck.
1: uh, uh yeah. then, to Alex, too, played by Josh. Just too stupid I like, to live." where
3: who all these people are. Let's stick around for a little bit and maybe find... Out. You fucking get everybody together and be like, yo, fucking get your survival pants on because we are about to fucking... brave <laughs> Let's go. I,
1: I admit, it's the first time I've ever seen in a horror film where the, the, the characters, the protagonist... You usually have the moment where the the heroes are if they stumble across all. like oh. the dumping ground of all the shit the previous victims, where they dumped all their shit or their their IDs or some shit like that, and they recognize <laughs> exactly they recognize it for what it is. It's like holy fuck, this is cool yeah, this is a bad people. situation, and that's what the that's what the action picks up. But no, they see like oh, it's weird, we lost our passports, place.
3: and I just found I a bunch what of these lost have...
1: Who are these nice people the collecting is. these
0: lost passports for these people? <laughs> it's like, what the... <laughs>
1: so,
0: obviously, the thing so to do is, is to stay the you night here. Like, because they
3: get to, like, the beach. <laughs> yes, one girl stay the like, night. I forgot they're my top in Rio. You don't <laughs> mind if I go topless. I'm like, they're all going to fucking die, like, immediately. <laughs>
0: because <laughs> a lot of times you have like the one the, like the one smart person like everybody else can be dumb but it's usually like the final girl the one has like the heads up or just something like that okay Why that's even the beach? like the just final one you're they're the gonna make it through you watch this up. you're like I want them all to die
3: probably not because they gotta yeah, put those working into just- other people and they're gonna turn on fucking stupid
1: yes yeah, stealing their God. organs was the best thing that could happen to these characters.
3: I'm sorry. I don't care how, like, you know, privileged you are or whatever, a, where you don't. Them, you can make
1: a dumb <laughs> fucking osmosis
2: <laughs> Scooting
3: you along. There's, like, some fucking survival instinct inside of you that says you're in the middle of the jungle being led to a cabin by some fucking tribesmen that you... Uh, you're obviously not supposed to be here. Let's go to this dude's cabin. Cool. Find all this weird shit. Cool, let's stick around longer to find out what more weird shit we're going to see. At, like, some point, just your fucking primitive brain will kick in and be like, get the fuck out of here. I-, I don't, I just, I don't understand how... <laughs> if you get killed in that situation, I mean, you were just one of those fucking depressed <laughs> millennials and you were looking for it because...
1: You know, and it's and it's so fucking weird because... You know, it has Melissa George, and Melissa George was has been in a ton of stuff. But you know, most people, most horror fans will re- recognize her from uh, uh, Thirty Days of Night, or maybe if you're a little lesser known, you know, A Lonely Place to Die. But in both of those, she was hardcore. She was a survivor, and she was tough as fucking nails. Right. Um, it, Olivia Wilde. She recently had the uh, the uh, a vigilante come out. <laughs> Where she was hard fucking core, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. You know, obviously survivors. Josh Duhamel, uh, a survivor. He married Fergie to you know keep his career alive, <laughs> <a lot>. and
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and so, but to see that you to see the them? the the characters that they portray now nowadays, and then going back to this one early on, you know, was just mind boggling. No. It was like you know, as actors, as, as exactly as actors, they had to know. It's like no logic. They read that script. No logical person does this. But you, know, <laughs> but, you know, I guess, you just don't have that luxury when you're that early in your career. You've got to take what you can get and get as much spread as possible. And it was weird because Teresa's wasn't even you know that huge of a film. It didn't exactly blow up. It came didn't create it a new fucking genre. It was just
3: the end of the whole you know shock kind of like
1: another hashtag movement. in the fucking torture porn movement. Mm-hmm. It- I honestly, I do believe, yeah, it came on the decline, and yeah, whereas, yeah, you know, this one, this, this one was the shock vector because I, you know, I was sitting there thinking about it, going back and rewatching it, and noticing how we were getting more and more time in between torture porn movies coming out, and Saw obviously led the pack, you know, Hostel came in on the on the t- on the heels of that, Eli Roth just wanted to do it bigger and gorier and but even hostile we only got 3 we only got 3 movies out of that saw has been the long runner God, and then we've had a lot of pretenders that just come out fucking, you know, like they're just going come out, like would you rather or you Truth know or dare. like like teresa's where the, yeah, yeah. And i mean they were like the, the first because saw was the leader of the pack and it just kept pushing the fucking Mainstream, shock factor yeah. it just kind of drains the blood out of the beast for everybody else so everybody else is just yeah. Mm-hmm. Saw did it first and then everybody else was trying to capitalize that. I mean, and even The Collector, which is actually one of my favorite horror films just because that I mean, I think that film was totally understated. The first one was. But even then, but that even that was intended to be a Saw film and then rewritten, it was supposed to be a Saw prequel and then rewritten to be a, a standalone movie on its own and it was still done by the guys who did Saw so oh. which is why it was so which is why it was so decent yeah patrick uh uh marcus dunson and patrick melton were the guys behind that and those were the guys who worked on saw and w- worked in the saw franchise so it was kind of like you know what it's the same thing so but with saw taking all basically pushing the shock value they were the barometer as to where what audiences could take as each movie got progressively more insane more insane and once you just do that it just becomes tread ground. And now we're seeing less. I think we are literally at this point, 2019, I think we are out of the torture porn genre. I think we can look back on it as a time of the, the early two thousands and the, uh, the, you know, two thousands and the late nineties, that that is where that, that is where that kind of rested in horror film. And the only thing we have left now is saw because we got a new one coming out in 2020.
0: Well, it becomes you, the further you push it, the further you push the envelope, like the more niche it becomes because you have a line where it's like, okay, the average mainstream mainstream person can only withstand so much. So when you start pushing past that, that audience starts dropping off and as it becomes more and more like niche in it, your, your followers get smaller and smaller because you will have a couple that came out like terrifier who has some, like some of those brutal kills I've seen um, or the green inferno or a couple of these others, but they're so it's such a small audience now you they won't even last in theaters
1: yeah because I think terrifier was I think what was it terrifier was direct to was that direct to video was that video on yeah videos? that was like direct
0: it was like YouTube something like that yeah okay it's like that and then uh green Inferno was Eli Roth yeah that, that hit theaters but I don't yeah. think it did very well
1: It didn't, and it's it's honestly because while the violence and the gore was there and it looked really freaky and realistic, that lead actress in that, I can't remember her name, um, she can't act for shit, so (laughs) she's fucking terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I, I believed everybody else, and even... Even the, the psycho fucking, like, leader of the group who led them all into that bullshit. <laughs> that's all you need that lead actress, she movie. is not fantastic at all. <laughs> jeez. She's, she's She's TNA. That, and that's just a, just cool. to touch
3: on that whole thing, so you're talking about stuff like uh, Hostel and Saw... And yes, it's true. Got the shock yes. factor and everybody teenage. kind of fell off. And it's now it's they're trying to, it. like, redo these things to the extreme. I don't know if you saw, like, Truth or Dare or um. you just said, would you rather... Uh, There was another one that I was thinking of I can't come off the top of my head but uh, they like, they went they're they're just pushing extremes. I don't know, trying to revive it or whatever. Yeah. But like like Hostel. I watched that movie okay, I watched Saw and I could do like Saw 1 and 2 and then 3 and then you know it starts to get, they kind of went through all like the, holy crap this is an insane way to murder somebody but Hostel, like only being 3 movies, I only got through like 2 of them because they were like super gory but for like Not a good reason. Saw was like a good... The movie was done well. And then you got Hostel where it's like they're just going for like mass amounts of blood and body parts. And so like it. you say Saw's the only one left. And that's because I think that they were the best ones to like... They could like put it into an actual story. It told a story. It wasn't just like these fucking idiots that, you know, show up at this... Okay, we're going to stay in this murder house. But Saw was like... Saw was more like people getting plucked out of their day to day lives, um, yeah. It was it made a lot yeah, more
1: sense. The, I have to say, but you could
3: deal with the gore because it was part of the yeah, story. Yeah,
1: Saw did the did the cohesive story that obviously expanded, and built, and built a universe. And because and right, I mean, I remember when they did the when the marketing thing came along when it was like you know oct- you know it's October or it's Halloween, so it must be Saw. That all kind of mm-hmm. thing. So when you dominate a month like that for almost every year for like fucking nine years, okay, <laughs> yeah, you've capitalized on that and you've got this expanding universe and this cohesive, well, sort of cohesive. It got a little insane around part five, um, but <laughs> you know, and when you put everything together, it's kind of like you know you're doing this universe building and everybody's got to pick up the scraps because you're the leader in the shock in the shock value because the traps get more and more insane and intense. The you're the leader in writing because your story is expansive and strong and has a lot of characters in it. And you've actually built this giant world in which your characters are operating in and affecting each other. So you've got the, so everybody else is just kind of picking it up. And that's, that's why I think Saw was the best to take, was the first to take torture porn and, and really focused on the storyline and the acting and try to, and then the traps in the gore at first, this was like one and two right. the traps were thing were, were secondary to the plot line. But when you get around five, six, and seven, the traps were the center stage. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, but that's when when Hostel came out. Eli Roth is like, well, shit. They're running on the story, the strength of the storyline and the acting. Well, I guess I'll just try and ramp up the gore and the violence and see how that gets people. <laughs> you know? And then I so think now we just have a movie that's legitimately happens, but... idiot teens walking into a wood chipper.
0: Yeah. <laughs> is pretty much what that turns
1: into. <laughs> and, uh, but of course, and but then you have the rare, you have the rare moment where <laughs> even in torture porn, because the deaths were gruesome and violent um and had a wood chipper and it was like Tucker and Dale versus evil, but that flipped it on its head and did that in a comedic way, which no, which I don't believe anybody had I mean, done yet.
3: Would you, you had that kind hands of that gory you know, where
1: people are dying in insane and disgusting ways? And um, it's just gratuitous. Yeah, right. but I mean, kind of that same
3: like comedy. I
1: don't. I don't think Idle Hands w- would would classify as torture porn, but I would. It's definitely horror. Yeah. But I think that's a horror. I think that's a horror comedy as well. Or yeah. Well, with it. So whereas Tucker and Dale vs Evil would be would be a, a, a I say you could say a comedy horror like this, like a comedy with extreme horror elements. But I mean, the way those kids died, yeah. like just gratuitous into the wood chipper, gratuitous. You know, um, the dude
0: who ran into the the, the, the tree and impaled himself <laughs> and shit, you know? I mean, what it is, is it's a parody. And with any genre, and we talk about this, the sub-genre like torture porn, right? These genres go through cycles where you have a prototype, and then you have it hits mainstream, and then you start getting the parody, and then a genre has to reinvent itself. Torture porn hasn't really reinvented itself yet, but you know, Tucker and Dale versus the evil, that's the parody of it. Cause it came out around like 2010, 2011, something like that. So we got that torture Mm -hmm. porn, torture porn. And then, okay, we keep seeing, keep seeing it. Now it's the parody that's going to point out all the cliches, all the tropes that it has. And then it's like, after the parody comes out, you can't do the same thing anymore. It's like how airplane killed the uh, disaster movie genre. You couldn't do a disaster movie after Airplane came because Airplane says, this is what all disaster movies do, and people look <laughs> out for it. <laughs> ah. Holy Just, shit, Tuckerdale like, vs. Evil That's is the not another teen movie of, of the, of the
1: torture porn genre. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Was it only five?
0: It has <laughs> been.
1: It, it has What, they do like five, fucking five of
0: those? I, I lost I lost track.
1: Yeah, and then it just it just branched off and then yeah, it's, it's but yeah, I guess yeah, we, we oh saw it with the with the with Did the you ever genre clipping like, and, whole, and we got the, the theories coming out. That
3: movie or the or when little, like, someone Scott comes out with something brilliant like some Captain of, of the Woods movie, like, when they're and they just the flip the whole genre. And they reference exactly. like, a whole bunch of um, other scary movies like they got like dead in there and stuff like that. Evil,
1: evil <laughs> <laughs> oh oh yeah, like it, hmm And evil well, well evil evil molesting tree is my favorite. <laughs> no. Fuck <it's, it's, laughs> Volture Guys. Okay, come on, you can't have a horror you can't have a proper horror movie without Bush Rape. <laughs> Death
0: by Unicorn. <laughs> so Oh, oh alright. So what we would like to know is what are your favorite stupid teens? What are some of the stupidest teens you've ever seen in a horror movie kind of thing? What are some of the decisions you've watched like, okay, these Which teens really, were you actually really deserve for the to killer die? Killer <laughs> yeah. Comment below and let us know. God. <laughs> that
1: would be wrong. Mm. <laughs> oh, I got some real world examples I wish I could throw moving out there on. can do that.
3: Moving on one day in a couple <laughs> of they, years to definitely, definitely some 2nd, 2009. Oh, yes. Uh, a sequel to a movie came out. movie that was uh, good in the first place, and I don't know if we really need to talk about it in the second place. That's The Descent Part 2. That was uh, directed by John Harris. James McCarthy wrote that one. Um, you got the original character, Sean McDonald played Sarah look, look. coming back in the second one. And uh, yeah, so this movie was a sequel to a movie. Some splunkers found a cave, went down. Long story short, they got messed up. Then the second part comes back with uh, the, the main character, Sarah, ending up getting rescued on the side of the road, brought to a hospital, and then the police start questioning her about what happened to her friends down the cave from the first movie. And then just like any good sheriff department forced her to go back into the cave. <laughs> because when somebody's completely freaking traumatized, obviously something really bad happened. Let's just make them go back to that place because we don't believe them. And whatever. So they they go back down into this cave and, you know, because... The shit that went wrong in the first one <laughs> didn't go away. It's just some it just became fucking... a problem in the second one. Which, <laughs> for me, for me, this movie was. I went back and watched it again because I I remember as soon as it started playing, I was like, "Yep, I would definitely seen this this one," and so I started watching it for the second time, and I was like, "Oh, never mind." I remember why I didn't like this movie is because it it just there was nothing new from the second part to the first part. In my opinion, it was kind of just repeating itself. Just reaching grabbing for cash or something. I don't even know. Oh, it,
1: it it got me. It really, it really bothered me because the descent the first descent it, it so Oh it 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 got me. It really it really bothered me because the descent the first descent was so brilliantly done in my opinion. We had a, you know top notch. we had top notch direction and a solid balance between the character driven drama and the monsters. That, that, that come up in it. In fact, the monsters were almost secondary. We don't need scenario. no man. And the thing I loved about the first one is we have an all-female cast. All of them are strong. All of them capable women. I mean, they're spelunkers. Yeah. They're, I mean, these cave diving ladies who were just bad fucking ass. And just the, the, and the, and the balance between all the individual characters, their personal bullshit, and then their personal bullshit with each other. You know, and all that stuff was the primary driving force of the film so we had this drama amongst a bunch of strong women as per usual a bunch of strong you know, a group of uh, strong women friends and then of course they get into a terrifying situation where monsters get unleashed on them and i just it, <laughs> as per usual but it's not like the monsters descend on them and then all of a sudden they're weak these girls kick ass you know, they kick ass, they survive, they figure out their situation, they they don't run around panicking. It was just, I just thought it was a really, really strong horror film. And when we get to the sequel, I was really anticipating a sequel, because she the first one ended on such cave. a down note where, we, where like, Sarah is still, really you know, well. she hallucinates if she escapes. But in actuality, she's still stuck down underground. Yeah, And it's like, and she's like... Yeah, and she was, like, hallucinating her daughter and stuff. And it was like, fuck, and she's still down there. She It was like, fuck, she's never going to get out. But then we get to the sequel, and she has escaped. And it was just... It was almost like they didn't know where to go. Or whoever was in charge of it. Whoever got the, whoever got their hands on the script. Um, this writer got their hands on the script and was just like, I don't know how to paint a better picture than the first one, so we'll just increase the violence and the gore. Make the monsters show more of the monsters so that they're scary. And because all the girlfriends are either dead or there was, I yeah, think girl's uh, name was Juno, was still down in there because she was left behind in the first movie. And she actually survived. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's like still down in there, like killing the shit out of him and everything. So she actually managed to make it through. And so we had a little bit of that, but... There was no character-driven drama. Now we have a bunch of guys coming. in. I'm not saying that guys jumping into a female-led film is going to ruin it. What I'm saying is the dynamic of having these girls together in this unique situation was all of a sudden disrupted. So now we have guys coming in asserting their authority and they're mansplaining everything what and telling fuck? her why she needs to do what she needs to do. And, of course, yeah, <laughs> the, the, dragging this traumatized victim back into this, like, because she's the only one that can navigate. It's like, exactly. it's like what the fuck? It was so retarded, and you know, just reeked of silliness, and so it just pulled me out of the film. And then we get another cliffhanger at the end where she is once again the only survivor, but then she gets conked on the head by some dude who's like protecting, yeah, the uh, she who's protecting just the cave, it's like and he it conks her on the head with a shovel and, and pitches her ass back like, in the hole. She just went down so there like what the fuck?
3: Five more people just got murdered, and then. And then her friend that survived fucking di- Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, so... They
3: just killed everybody and then left her again. And it's like, okay, is she actually dead I just, now? I don't like, th- is this over? Because now I'm
0: bored. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's like, I just... And it's... And I just... It's, it's like... Every time you get a sequel, they're always like, oh, well, let's just increase the violence, increase the gore, and all this other kind of stuff. I don't know. Maybe it try, like, like it was only building on the characters the that you movies. actually have. I don't I mean, just, if they could try it. Just...
1: <laughs> See, I would have liked to have seen, seen I think Eugene is, Eugene's on, the, hit the nail on the head. I would have liked to have seen a stronger exploration of... The effect of the trauma on Sarah. Yeah, that I think if they had focused on that, um, we would have had uh, we we would have been able to dive into the shit where her personal bullshit with her friends, and then the trauma of losing those friends and having that shit be unsettled would have been a fantastic driving force. The fact that she's horr- horrifically traumatized, and then. Taking upon herself, uh, that would see that would have been the only excuse I, I would have justified having her go back into the hole when she's escaped, <laughs> uh, is because she left her other friend down there just on the by yeah. the virtue of her friend had slept with her husband. Okay, now the whole point the whole point is yes, Juno slept with Sarah's husband, I still punch her in the but then Sarah's husband died, and she and Sarah found out about the affair much later. Okay. Mm. But she still felt it was a betrayal. And and in Sarah and, yeah, and in Sarah's mind that justified injuring Juno and leaving her there to die so that she could escape. And see,
0: that would have been a so, much that would have been a much stronger motivation if she's like if she's eventually goes, Oh, you know what? She even though she slept with my husband, she didn't deserve to die. So maybe she's like, Okay, I'm gonna start gearing up and go back almost like a rescue mission kind of thing.
1: See there you go. That I had to justify that like the cops come, they interview her in the in the hospital bed. They they've maybe they've got her in handcuffs. They want to know what the fuck's going on and she's like, "I don't fucking know. I'm traumatized and shit. You know, I I don't really know." Says, so, "Well, we're, we're we're putting a team together. We're going to go figure out what the fuck is going on." She's like, "No, I can't let them go down in there." Oh, holy shit. Guilt and shit. So she breaks out her fucking cuffs and then just grabs her shit and she fucking goes. And then we have some solidly built conflict where she's in the hole by choice. Yes. And now these idiots idiots are going in, and they're cannon fodder, okay? And so we can feed them to the monsters while she's on the mission to find out if the friend that she left to die is still in there. And then when they meet each other... Then that's our climax. We don't need a climax with monsters. We need a climax between the, the girl she left behind and the survivor. Because we don't, we
0: need we don't know how the girl she left, how she, how is she going to react? Is it like, hey, I see a familiar <laughs> face. I don't Let's bury our hatchet aside. Or is it like, no, bitch, you left me down I here. Kind you, of guys, thing.
3: you guys are talking about this? That yeah. like, been nope, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Look Split it off, that. have that the cops minutes. go down we, alone, have her already like, made remember it while already. she's in the hospital. <laughs> and be like, oh, shit. And then, yeah, exactly what you were saying. I like it. And, it. You know it. and that would have that would have been a good beginning to it because you had to really take care of the entire movie there, mostly because and, it was just like,
0: it. you know, that's it. the, the same like they, thing
3: with like, like the they, they, stupid they, people doing stupid things, and they all just got themselves. Everybody died. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> every single person fucking died.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not a one Hopefully made it out something. of that. <laughs> yeah, like well, I said, we made fun. a better movie in five minutes. It's like they should fucking pay us to do I this. I know. Hint, hint. Oh. Wink, wink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but one of but one of the things we did want to talk about were the actual the creatures that are down there, the crawlers. And I thought it was fascinating because the crawlers end up turning people. out to be basically like Keep what if humans never reach the surface subterranean humans and it's it's fascinating because Damn, it was is. a couple years ago they found an underground lake over in Africa that's been underground for five million years
1: I uh, would well, I think are you talk about Lake. you I think you're talking about Lake Vostok in Antarctica oh, oh, yeah.
0: no, no no this it's in Africa.
1: Really I found another one because I know I know that the Ru- the Russians found like Vostok, which is like a an underground body of water that that's been untouched by the atmosphere. It's like it's never it hasn't even seen light. Oh, okay, in, like, it, it, millions it's probably of that years. one. I could get
0: my continents mis- mixed up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but the thing, but I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like untouched by anything, been completely sealed away from the world for millions of years.
0: And it was interesting how they started like studying how creatures evolved because most of them – we're blind because there's no light. You don't have light for millions of years. What's the point of having eyes anymore kind of thing? And so you mm-hmm. get these crawlers that, you know, being blind but hypersensitive yeah, to sound about. kind of thing. Because their entire life, that's how they guided their way through the caves was hey, just pure sound. Did you sound. know that
1: the
3: the crawlers in the second movie were different like, than the crawlers in the first movie? Yeah, like
0: a bat. Like, <laughs> fucking, mor- like fucking Morlocks on steroids. I know.
3: That's, yeah, they were they were. In the second movie, they were like darker skinned.
1: You know, I they noticed more, the difference like, scarring. between the two. They like
3: opened up their mouths some more. And I noticed that there was, that in the first one, there was
1: decidedly, there, they were decidedly human like. Yeah. They, they, there, there a- and I noticed that there was, that in the first one, there was decidedly, they, they were decidedly human like. Okay. They, there, there was a human aspect to their faces, just that their noses were not as developed. Their ears were overdeveloped, and their eye, and they were blind. (laughs) Yeah, but they still had their eyes, but they were naturally blind, and they were like like fucking human mole rats.
3: Yeah, kind of. (laughs) Okay,
1: and uh, but in the second one, it was like they they added bat qualities to them, but they look like like bat faces. Yeah, yeah. No, they were were just like they were slightly
3: different. But if you look at like you can look at stills from both of them, and you can it's. It's yeah, done. Hey. they put more into the crawlers into the second one. They were more
1: killy. Yeah, they they like I said they they were they were ramping up the monsters in order to, in order to make and they were more killy because like that's one thing that agged me the most is that in the second one it was like the monsters were out to get them. And so they were it constantly was like, be- being besieged by these right. things. Right. It was like they just lived you know, no there no matter what they were to trying to do, but in the first one, territory. they were like arena hazards. They, they okay. were kind of just you were, there. Yeah, if you if you were quiet. Right. If but if you were quiet, if you and these girls did that if you were quiet, if you, you know, were careful, if you didn't panic, you could actually move about them and around them without getting killed and that was a that was a major that was like one of the major wins in that in that first movie but in the second one oh now all of a sudden no oh, no they're fucking aware of you and if you even breathe and they're fucking coming out of the fucking walls like aliens and shit and it was like yeah you you took a you you made a sweet a sweet nasty villain a sweet nasty monster you know <laughs> that's not even actively trying to pursue you and kill you you're just in its territory okay you made a good a good monster and you just they just ruined it so they yeah, so, they made it generic yeah. that that, that was made that in, the first
3: one being all female right. and then the second one having kind of a mix of both uh and other films maybe that have an all male cast question to the audience is when you're watching a horror movie what do you prefer do you prefer an all female an all male mix both what makes for a good good horror movie i like the female ones
1: i really do i like strong female <laughs> I like the female ones. I really do. I like strong female casts or female led casts. I really do. I like seeing girls kick ass.
0: Oh, absolutely. Sub-
1: we've so, subvert subvert gender norms.
0: We've seen we've seen like the helpless girl so many times in horror. I always love it when you have the girl starts whooping ass.
1: <laughs>
3: oh man,
0: jeez.
1: Give me Ripley, yes. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah, fuck Commando. Give me fucking God, Sarah Connor. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Ripley? Give me Ripley, yes. Give me Buffy the Vampire. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to our next film. This one uh came out December 4th, 2015. And the it's the first in our Christmas lineup for 2019. This movie was Krampus.
3: Oh, oh, oh,
2: oh,
1: oh, 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 oh. <laughs> It is the anti ho ho ho, yes. The oh 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 shit. <laughs> so Krampus was directed by uh, Michael Doherty. You probably recognize his name. He was the guy who was behind the Halloween anthology, the super popular Halloween anthology, Trick or Treat. And mm-hmm. yep, and written by Michael Doherty and his co co-writer, writers Todd Casey and Zach Shields. And then starring, and it's actually pretty <laughs> solid. It had Adam Scott, Tony Collette. David Kitchener, Allison Tolman. there's actually had a pretty strong cast for you know being for being kind of like C a Christmas horror movie because Christmas horror typically, typically gets you know bottom of the barrel so or maybe did? even C list stuff. But in essence, the story the story <laughs> itself, I said C list. <laughs> well, I said I said you usually get bottom of the barrel. Sometimes you get C list. <laughs> but but I think a brilliant decision on Doherty's behalf because. He took what would normally be a generic Christmas movie, Christmas horror film, which is kind of like, you know, eh, that's a, you know, it only comes, you know, it's a kind of niche genre or subgenre. but he populated this with with talent, with, like, serious talent. And, you know, Krampus went on to be a a, a quite successful horror film, like one of the more successful Christmas horror films, instead of the generic shit you get video on, I see on my video on demand feed every fucking year. Yeah, the thing is, is... But the general... Oh, so but the general plot of the film, for those who have not seen it, is a dysfunctional family unites for Christmas, and it's just chaos in the house, and nobody fucking likes each other, and of course, all of this nasty, nasty bad behavior amongst everybody brings in the anti-Santa Claus Krampus to basically spoil their Christmas fun, and wackiness ensues with demonic presents and taking people away in sacks and shit, and... A nice little twist at the end. So you have to check that out. I don't want to spoil it for anybody.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's it's a fun movie, and one of the things that's really awesome about it is is that it looks and feels like a like a big budget Hollywood movie. Oh kind of yeah. thing. You know, the costume design in it is awesome. What they use for the elves the and the puppetry and all this other kind of stuff and all the creatures that come in. Like they're all well done. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> yeah, they fucking, they just they
3: just start the got with the Fucking Benelli twelve. Boom,
1: boom. That was so many fantastic moments. <laughs> oh like man!
3: The fucking. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's her what was it? Dorothy Picks up the shotgun <laughs> like and just starts blowing it? the toys away. Uh, that was. I mean, the whole thing was just like, <laughs> what? At that point in the movie, you're like, what the fuck? This is amazing. (laughs) Oh my god, and I can't stand Adam Scott most of the time.
1: I swear, Michael Doherty's got a way. No, like, just like truly, like, the
3: characters that he plays, I just, he's, I know he's doing it on purpose, but it's like, I just can't stand (laughs) that character. And he plays this, I don't know, he plays this really well. The whole okay, so my favorite part of this movie, like when Krampus first makes himself known, when the daughter's out in the road, she sees him and she's running and he's like jumping from house to house. That's when I was like, all right, this is probably gonna be good. And yeah, it it followed. Th- shot, it man. was a really good shot. It was like, yeah, I don't know. It was just watching that. I was like, oh, this. Yeah, this is like a, that's real. such I thought a good this shot. Was to be like funny, and then <laughs> yeah. it just yeah, it was not funny. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody gets fucked up pretty hard in that
1: movie. But don't don't shit on Adam Scott because he was actually really fucking <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but he was, but don't don't shit on Adam Scott because he was actually really fucking funny and little evil. I don't know. He wait, I I thought he I thought he was hysterical in that. I movie. love him in Parks was, and Rec though. He was good in Parks and yeah. Rec. <laughs> So he's got his he's moments. Yeah, I can understand that a little too much. Adam Scott, you know, a little bit of Adam Scott goes a I think that's. Long I way. think that's And what you can have is. too much Adam Scott, where you're just, just is <laughs> Gary,
3: the kick drum. God.
0: God. No, it was. It was. <laughs> I know I know one of the things we want to talk about, I want to talk about the director for a little bit, Michael Dorothy, right? Who Dor- Dor- yeah, Dorothy. <laughs> he first of all, the way he's able to use like a uh, holiday theme horror in starting with the trick-or-treat and going with Krampus. And this is this is actually the guy who has like the textbook Film career because he went to film school, right? And he started he started off making these little holiday themed horror films. And then he started getting bigger yes. and bigger and bigger and bigger so, to the point where he got the opportunity to direct Godzilla: too. King of the Monsters. Like that's such a yeah. huge, huge like stepping <laughs> stepping point.
1: Oh, it's a it's a it's a dream trajectory. I think for any director to pretty much it's it's what we hope for. It's what we, we we like to plan for, but it doesn't. It just doesn't fucking happen. But man, he hit it with it. This one it was just been one after the other. Just and I and I. I God, he's so good. I'm just hoping he continues the streak.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Which Trick or Treat or 2 has already been announced. So I'm really, oh, really, sweet. really looking forward to yeah, it. We'll so it. I'm hoping he keeps oh, up God. the good work. God, this just the
3: whole We'll, we'll be keeping, whole taking keeping an a eye, swing eye out for it. At, because at like <laughs> this time, too, you had a lot of the <laughs> the Christianity issues. Everybody's getting offended. It's, it's getting to be about that time. And he just like swings the bat at like. Let's just, uh, let's, let's knock on the door of some religions and see what happens. Make a horror movie out of it. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like the whole Christmas thing. And everybody's always, you get this, you know, privileged family. <laughs> Make a horror movie out of it. Let's, let's go. They're ungrateful. And then it's like, well, somebody's got to fucking pay for being ungrateful. And they unleash this, this Krampus, which you don't, I don't remember hearing about Krampus as a kid. I don't know if those stories were ever told to you guys, but... Like, I didn't know much about it. They were told to me, my, the, the, my mother's side of the family
1: is from the uh, the areas in Europe that, that led They They, they were Which, told to me, yeah, when, uh, I mean, that, the, my mother's side of the family is up there. from Austria. From Austria, Austria the uh, the areas in Bilharia, Europe that, that legend Republic, originated Hungary, from. Hungary, Italy, like, everybody's so, got
3: this version of this anti-Santa yeah, who, like, nobody knows where the legend actually came from, but it's this half-goat, half-demon... He just comes into houses and fucking punishes the children that are naughty
0: hell he
3: eats them in some cultures he tortures them and it's terrifying like why would you tell your children this story
1: if you if you go online, you can actually see the some of the postcards some of the crampest postcards from out of like Germany, out of like Germany and shit. <laughs> They're so fucking wicked looking. because yeah, he got yeah, Krampus on there, and it's kind of like a, a cartoon character of him. But he's always got kids like by the fucking ankle, and he's got like a big bulging sack of like children. Uh-huh. And and I've seen <laughs> I've seen ones where he's your mom, I've seen ones where he's like stabbing hey. them through the gut, and he's got like this grin on his face, like,
3: huh? <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's, it's some twisted shit.
1: I did I did like. It it's a freaky it's a freaky you know the image of the anti Santa Claus It's like that and they always do really, really cool shit cool shit with him I think my favorite depictions of him um, I did enjoy the depiction of him, of him in Krampus um, I really liked it in in Rare Exports which was uh, a similar deal where a bunch of people think that a bunch of like uh, <laughs> people in the small community they think that they they caught Santa Claus but in actuality it's one of it's one of, it's an elf. And it turns out that it's an elf of Krampus. That Krampus has his own elves, and Krampus is an this elf. giant horned you're monster fucked. that's you're like frozen in ice. Right. And the elves all showed up, showed up to break him out of the ice and shit. And so that was a freaky one. But I also liked <laughs> – <laughs> but I I also liked. Uh, I don't know if you guys if you guys saw it. I saw uh, called a Christmas horror story which was like an anthology of... Uh, it was a collection of movies with, and the framework uh, the framework was um, a story about a, a DJ played by William Shatner. But in the final one of that, it had this version of Krampus. And you may have seen it, for all, all listeners, I, I, the picture I posted up announcing episode 10 had a, that picture of Krampus in it. And there's this epic fucking fight, like hardcore bloody fight between him and Santa Claus in the end of that movie. It's like fucking brutal. It's like Krampus assaults the fucking... Uh, Santa's Workshop. He assaults Santa's Workshop, and he, like, infects the elves and turns them into fucking, like, you know, psycho zombies, and they start attacking everybody, and Santa's the last man standing, and he's called? got this fucking badass staff, and he's just, like, fucking smoking people with it and shit, and then he gets into this hardcore brawl with <laughs> Krampus, and this shit is amazing.
3: I'm gonna watch Yeah, it I time. need to see this. It's
1: called... Uh, <laughs> It's called a Christmas horror Christmas story. Horror it's on Netflix. Right. So, but yes, it is. It is fucking amazing. <laughs> it is. It is better than it has any right to be. Yeah, I'm watching that later. <laughs> so, but that brings up for you guys. Uh, for all of our listeners, what is your favorite Christmas horror movie? There are so many out there. You've got a Christmas horror story. You've got Krampus. You've got, actually, you've got a ton of Krampus movies. You've got fucking Black Christmas. You've got Silent Night, Deadly Night. The what Santa is Claus your favorite Christmas hour. horror movie? What do you like to one. snuggle up to when it's cold outside and get scared the shit out of you, too? We want to hear about it. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> horror, <laughs> it's tool <horror> time. Horror. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying.
3: <laughs> oh, har, har, har. <laughs> Make sure to T VO tool time. You can so watch my show. I'll come here and punch you. To you.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh.
1: <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. And now, I'm, I'm sorry, you bring that up and. This why Last Man Standing his oh, new shit. show. I really
3: like that show. Oh my god, it's it's <laughs>
1: fucking home improvement all over again. Only it's it's like home improvement, but like really fucking conservative. I don't oh, think I I've, I've heard about that. I don't think I've I, I'm sorry, but I don't think I've ever seen a character who just want to suck off Ronald Reagan more than him. It's just like uh They're trying make God America just to stop America it with conservative again. talk. It's not as it's supposed to be a family, like a family you know, funny family show. And it was like, dear God, man. Oh <laughs> they... uh, yeah, yeah.
0: I hey, will see. You want to watch sitcom?
1: I yeah, just want to watch everybody shit. Exactly. Yes. And he has. And he. And he can be <laughs> so funny. Okay. Nobody. No, okay. Nobody I fucking mean, responded to that. So I guess improvement was good. good. Am I the only one that saw Wild Hogs? I mean, come on. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it it was good it was good (laughs) all right all right on to our next movie right (laughs) please pretty please coming out december 5th 2008 right it was directed by tom shanklin right starring eva bristol and hannah tonstan I'm horrible at pronouncing his names, by the way. <laughs>
3: it's that movie with that.
0: Person. I always tried to find the ones that are the most difficult for you And I'm like, Tom. Duh, Wait, duh, duh, which one? <laughs> <laughs> that guy over yeah, there. That, that one guy yeah, who was that in that one, <laughs> <laughs> that one movie. That one movie with the people in it. Fucking kids. It came out that one time. Yeah. Then of course the movie we're talking about is The Children. Fucking kids, so creepy. creepy fucking creepy, kids. creepy kids. So those of you who haven't who have never seen it before, right? It actually takes place with a family going out on vacation, right during the winter time, and these kids, the kids that they bring with them, start getting sick, and they start puking, and they start getting pale, and all this other kind of thing. They start talking about like the flu or the cold, and all this other kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden these kids turn on the parents and try to start killing them. But what what makes this movie really really creepy is the fact that they still have this childlike wonder to it. So it's like a Ha 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 you're dead now
3: so see exactly as
0: as a father (laughs) exactly not that
3: it's ever crossed my mind exactly like if there was ever a situation where like my child turned into a zombie (laughs) like you know that that would have to be the hardest moment of my life and so you see movies like this where like the kids turn against the parents and and in in a creepy way where it's like they're just your kids and you just... I don't know. That's such a hard situation to be in. And, like, children in any horror movie that I've ever seen, there's always, like, an aspect to it. I mean, with the exception of a few, you know, like, Samara or, you know, a situation where you just take a golf club to their head no matter what. But, like, there's always, like, that whole aspect of, like, the kid being a kid. It's just the kid. But then they do something that's like, <laughs> okay, well, maybe I no can't mercy. defend myself against this kid. I have to do something. But then you still feel like it's just my kid. That's just a terrible like back and forth when you come across these kinds of movies, and so these ones hit real hard.
1: They 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 had that scene. They had that scene pretty that went pretty good in there. It Was the when uh, the two kids had the two kids had cornered their mom. Can't. In the upstairs bedroom, mm-hmm. and they when they quartered her, and she and she she, I mean, could, have point, she like, could have taken them, she could have.
3: That's a choice but then that you just have couldn't, to make and parent. so just it's like kind of
1: fuck? accepted her fate, and just like
0: uh, literally. Well, because like as a parent, like you do anything to protect your kids, like you will take a bullet for your kids, and even it's like okay, they're. They're going and they're killing people, but that's still, like, ingrained in there. And it's almost like I would rather die than not let anything happen to kids, despite the fact that they're killers. <laughs> and so you, it's, a, it's a
3: huge conflict. I don't know. It's like the sense. innocence of the deal. Like,
0: Shit, like not I've with been my with dad. My child kill me and like, make another one just like me.
3: <laughs> her whole life. You know, it's like I know who she is. I know where Boom, she's at. I know what she's done. And then all of a sudden, like, if she were to switch into, like, something that was harmful to me, I, I'm... She's never done anything wrong. Like, just the circumstances, just bad. That's terrible. I, think, I, think I didn't even think about it this hard before. <laughs> I'm like, shit.
1: I think I think that was it was. It, yeah, that, that, I think that was that was one of the most effective things about the children. You we've got movies with creepy kids before. You know, like Gage and Pet Cemetery, or you know, of course, Village of the Damned. But in those kids, in those the situations, those kids were, were were almost alien because Gage is dead. You know, he's undead. He's not. He's not human anymore. He's a zombie. You know, Village of the Dam. Those kids are all part alien, and we all fucking know it. So, but in this one, in this <laughs> little know. gem, the children, they were still kids, just violently homicidal towards adults. But in all other aspects, yeah. But on all other aspects, but even that. It was they were children, like you, like Eugene was saying. There was this kind of idyllic innocence to their behavior. It's just that instead of like your your normal innocence, where the kid is kind of like exploring and is like, "Ooh, look at the world!" It's like this. No, it was just that idyllic innocence when it came to murder, and it plays out very, very crazy. It's just very fucking psychotic, and it's weird, and it's disconcerting because you you recognize the behaviors, and you recognize that from a ch- from a child's perspective. How those behaviors go hand in hand, and like how children could come to these conclusions or could be like could do the things that they're doing, like yeah. that whole thing you know, yeah. where they where they yeah. gut the one dad and the daughter sticks the 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 Barbie doll into his guts. Oh you know? yeah. Okay, that's that's a ch- now if you look at it from that from you know from an objective standpoint, yeah, we see what they're doing. That the little girl is making those inferences and is making the jumps. You know, this is where babies come from. And it's like this, well, like that. She's just acting out homicidally. And it made the film really super creepy. And one of the better ones out of uh, out of Ghost House Underground. Because that little, I mean, I loved this banner. And even though Ghost House Underground was only around for three years, they put out fifteen movies, and I could recommend almost every damn one of them. And I was and I, Ghost House Pictures is still around; they're they're putting out the uh, they're behind the the Grudge remake that we talked about a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago, that's coming out next year. But they had some solid ones, and uh, fucking uh, the children was what was one of their better ones, to be perfectly honest. But they got a bunch. I strongly recommend that banner uh, because you have got stuff like the Tattooist. Which was about um, an evil curse that that is based upon Maori legend that passes along, uh, that passes along bloodlines that that's traced back into the tattooing rituals of Maori. Uh, Dark floors, which was backed by the the Norwegian band Lord, and had them starring as the monsters. I mean, you had uh, uh, fucking Offspring based on the Jack Ketchum book, super violent and gory about cannibals that travel up and down the coast eating unwearing tourists and shit. You know, he had a ton of really, really good stuff that came out of Ghost House Underground.
0: It's definitely something to check out. I mean, a lot of these are a lot of these are good underground horror films that you know they typically don't get a lot of you know attention or advertisement or stuff like that. But it's stuff to check out. Yeah,
1: and it was just, it just made me sad that the banner didn't last much longer. Uh, didn't last longer than three years because 2008 to 2011. But they put out 15 titles and. I could recommend virtually every single one of them. So any of those, Ghost House Underground, definitely watch Creeping. The children. It it's a really really disturbing film that I think will will get under your skin. And then of course any in that any in that camp because there's like I said there's only fifteen you could find them. They're usually all of them are pretty much VOD. Some of them were festival entries that then went from festival to DVD for distribution. So,
0: but I'd, I, I could recommend that. Yeah, it, it basically it reminds me of the scene of in The Walking Dead with Lizzie. Um, I don't know. If, oh yeah, yeah, where yeah. she's like where she kills her sister, and it's like, don't worry, she'll come back, and we can play. Kind of thing, and to her, it was just like yeah, just normal. No big deal. It just doesn't fucking fucking register. Yeah, and then, you know, they have to shoot her. (laughs) Just stare at the roses. Look at the the flowers. flowers. Look Look at at the flowers, flowers. Lizzie.
3: She doesn't know what to do. She's just like...
1: Oh, fucking Carol. God, Do This
3: extreme thing. Like, oh, that probably
1: wasn't the right...
0: She's she's been through a lot.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That three fifty-seven left a big hole. Ooh,
0: can't take that back
1: <laughs> No, nah, Yeah, yeah
0: Yeah, yeah <laughs> And so Let us know What are some of your fra- favorite Creepy kids from movies You know <laughs> Creepy, creepy kids. kids Is it like Samara from The ring? Or Sleep The Grady Twins happy. from The Shining Um Gay yeah. from Pet Sematary
1: <laughs> Play with us forever.
0: Yes, oh, those fucking twins,
1: dude. Well, yeah, that creepy cheesy. little kid in The Grudge that Thanks, screams dude. like the cat. And I'm sitting shit. right by a window. Oh, you, like terrifying. was it Tosho?
3: Stop it. Yeah,
1: I if... think so. It's like oh, that kid. Uh, oh, just,
3: yeah. Good stuff. Moving on. No. Moving on no. <laughs> to our last. <laughs> Put those kids in a box. Bye. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so moving on to our uh, last movie kids of the, to the week. left <laughs> on December seventh, nineteen seventy seven. Uh it was released in the United States, I think actually in nineteen seventy six in the Britain places. <laughs> the British places I'm sorry, in Europe. Uh sorry, this this is a this is a really good film <laughs> from from 1977. Barn. This is actually this is actually a really good movie. Uh, it was called Schizo, uh, directed Goodness, by Pete man, Walker the and written Kingdom. by David McGillivray. <laughs> I believe is how he pronounced his last name. But uh, this this movie was about a woman whose mother is killed by this guy who gets out of prison, and she feels this man is like stalking her. Throughout this whole movie, and then people start turning up dead, and these like bloody knives get left all over, and and she thinks that this guy's after her, and I don't I don't know. Do we spoil the end of this movie? Because it had a huge twist at the end of it. (laughs) There is. There is definitely a huge twist. I don't think we should from, spoil you know, it. But in the 70s, this was, things like a, really, was a cool definitely don't turn out the way you expect. Psychologically, them. and then the ending came and it was like, whoa, that was so unexpected for this time period, for this piece. It was super cool. I really liked it. I did not see that one coming. No. no, no absolutely not. That must have blown people's minds in the 70s.
0: You did not see that one coming. <laughs> no no absolutely
1: not and they oh and the the lead actress on that um lynn frederick uh at so so absolutely talented and uh i arguably and also i would have to agree with this arguably amongst horror fans probably the first uh legitimate scream queen because uh, so, I mean, the, her, this talented girl had put up so many what are considered now uh, hit films or you know, or cult films. I have to say, like Vampire Circus and Phase Four, uh, Schizo, and like you know, I think uh, my, one of my favorites, Four of the Apocalypse. And so she established herself, and this is this is a girl from England who just crushed it in in a time when with these types of films we were. We were They were heading in towards the video nasty phase where the U.K. started banning movies like this for their violence, for their language, for their depictions of, you know, things that were deemed unseemly to, or were a danger to the public decency. So, and I thought, and, you know, what a better time. You know, what a what a powerful time it's, to come yeah, out as a woman, a especially well, especially with a film like Schizo, whereas and just no one saw the end of that coming.
3: Because schizophrenia being uh, something that they used to just diagnose crazy people with to a thing they actually started to study and be able to single out who were actually schizophrenic. And that being such like a huge thing, a lot of people's lives were shook up by this disease and were just learning about it. And they they really touched.
0: On top of that, it's like we actually get it from the main character's perspective. And plus on top of On top of that, it's like we actually get it from the main character's perspective. Because a lot of times in films, when you see like mental illness, it's always like the outside perspective. You have like the same characters, and then you have the one character who's mentally ill, and we see it from the outside perspective. But this is we get it like basically POV and what it's like to kind of have that, which is revolutionary.
1: It was one I think uh, one of uh, one of the first times in horror films. I know it'd been done before in other in dramas like this, but in a horror film having an unreliable narrator in that respect where where we're in her shoes and we realize that everything that's going on um you have that the unreliable narrator trope in that all of a sudden what what you see might not be what's really happening or you know you know where she's we're, we're with her on her story it, it is cool but how they play, how they play like, but things are much different
3: once you start putting in other people's reactions to what's so, going on so like you on. might be able to so. see a little something different but <laughs> the whole thing is it's really playing out like, okay, you are this crazy person. What's going on? How do we figure out what's going on? And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? Whoa. <laughs> Turn around.
1: I think, I think one of the biggest... Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I think, I think one of the biggest twists in horrors, because this came out in 77, and out of the UK, hey, no, no doubt, no less. And one of the biggest twists I'd seen—I mean, twist, twist? twist today are a dime a dozen. Thank you, Amna Shahmalan. <laughs> yeah. Sh- so, Lama Lama Lama, Lama. Lama 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 Ding Dong. You know, hey, what the what the twist? But but thanks to I Amna, mean, there are a dime a dozen now. But back then, I mean, I can think of maybe there was there was Schizo had this big huge twist in it. Um, there was another movie I think called Pin, oh, which had a pretty major twist. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth, obviously, nineteen eighty, had the big twist in that one. You know, it was like, oh, it's Jason's mom. You know, that whole kind of thing. And so, then I think that I've gone back and I've got you know, there's horror films there, but they're all pretty much they're, they follow a rudimentary formula: act one, act two, act three, killer stab you like this, plot, blah blah blah. But you know, really putting in, a, especially a twist That's like crazy. this. It's an you know, old film,
3: but it's just. It's I, so I, I don't much want to spoil to it for
1: anybody. They they've got to go see it because it'll blow their minds as much as it blew mine. And yeah, I just think I can't.
0: It it, it really is, and it's it's interesting because you know talking about like different twists like. Is it to the point now? Is it just played out? I mean, you get this back then. where it was that like makes it new, so hard it for fresh, writers because and now gotta, it's almost like if you're going you to incorporate a twist in your just
3: story, it's got to it twist a couple is. of times now. It's not just like the one yeah. big twist. You got to play it out like it's going to be one way. Then it goes to a different way. But that's already been done. So you got to go back to the other way. And you got to be careful because it could just become generic.
0: Yeah, cuz it's like it's like even um when you're like pitching ideas to producers or stuff like that, it's like, "Oh, it's a horror movie. What's your stories. twist?" Instead of just being uh, like, "Oh, it's a horror movie. What's your story?" I
1: I I I have to admit I, I fell prey to that as well because the horror movie that I wrote that I hope to get made, I hope to get made one day, and I wrote this back in 2003. It was like 2002, 2003. I wrote a horror movie and even I fell prey to that. And I, hell, I was only 23 when I wrote it. And I was like, oh, oh I gotta
3: have a, twist. That's a big twist. I did have a
1: twist. There was a monster. If anybody asked me that question, he's like, what's your <laughs> twist? It's like, oh, there's hey, a $20 monster. Is in $20 is oh. <laughs> $20. I was young and I needed the money. <laughs> Man. That's what they all say.
3: But uh, no, go ahead.
1: $20 is $20. <laughs>
0: and, so I would actually. Uh, Oh, so I I would like to go back to the point where a twist didn't come as a requirement for horror. I like to go back to, like, we get a twist every once in a while to kind of keep something fresh and new, but instead of it being played out as much as it is. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. We shouldn't have to rely on it. It should be something that... Yeah, that 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 liven stuff up exactly okay and then makes it and then make and then makes us look back so yeah we're yeah you know, we we don't want to have to watch the film And be like oh well, but when the twist, twist comes as we look back at the film and we and see the film in a new way
3: focal points
1: it's like oh wow okay fantastic that that that's what I think that's where where it should go <laughs> there uh, you go. exactly but
3: this movie I mean not a movie focal point but as a connecting.
1: really early in in the like time that.
3: period like that and then also just playing off of the the mental illness in this movie like our listeners out there my question is do you think that mental illness should be something that is still played out in horror movies because i know they don't do it a whole lot anymore but touching on stuff like schizophrenia and really diving into that that type of horror that having to live with that disease is that something we could do now being you know everybody's so offended by everything all the time is that something that we could pull off now or is that too taboo or overdone what do you think i don't i don't think i think mental mental illness is so taboo still and i I feel like we definitely like to see a little bit more like
1: i think it's i think It was. I think the last one. I think the last one that really, really kind of affected me was *Gothica*, and um, not roll well, well, more of a thriller, like the supernatural thriller in that. But the the concept of the psychiat of, of you know the depiction of the mentally ill and how they're treated, especially by not just the hospitals they're in uh, or the sanitariums they're in, but also by the doctors that treat them. Where you know, I think that gave a really really strong depiction as to why the subject is so taboo. And I personally i I don't side with using it as a trope to to generate character aspects to make them into a killer. I don't dig. I don't much dig on that. But you know, I could. You know, but maybe people do dig it. Maybe people. Maybe it grounds the horror for them.
0: It would. It would be nice because a lot of times you see the mental illness as, like, oh, well, that's the aspect of the killer. That's what makes them the killer. You know, I like to see, you know, like, the final Maybe, girl. I mean,
3: yeah, absolutely. Maybe
0: she has to deal with mental illness that's on the, top the, of the situation she has to The thing with me like, like, like is, like, mental illness is
3: still so misunderstood that I feel like...
1: Kind
0: of thing. Uh, there's a lot of ways that they well, can go. There's nobody
3: doing anything about it. It's like, we really still don't completely understand. Like, yeah, we know now because we can see a pattern in, like, serial killers where it's like, okay, serial killers have these, like, common... Uh, mental illnesses are common behaviors but also I just heard a statistic there's like 250,000 unsolved murders in the United States and it's like but there's still such a giant group of people that we haven't talked to yet so do we really know or is this just like a small percentage of the pattern we just there's so much about mental illness that we don't know that I think it's hard to make a trope out of it because it's just it's ever changing we always learn new things about it and
1: I
0: don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we definitely love to hear what you think our lovely listeners. It's
1: true. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, we definitely love to hear what you think our lovely listeners. Mental illness and horror. Good, Ooh. bad, you don't agree with it, you think it grounds it, let us know. We want to know about it in the comments. Now, we've got two birthdays this week. And two... <laughs> And the first one, oh, my God, love this cat. You know, briefly met him back in the day. Just really briefly at a fan convention. But I'm talking about he was born on December 4th, 19th. And remember. the horror legend, happy birthday to Tony Todd. Yes, the
0: man, the legend.
1: Yes, the guy who brought that, that Clive Barker nightmare to life uh, super effectively. But, man, this guy... This guy's career has been so epic. Um, with that, he's got that that he's tall. I mean, he's got that classic look, intimidating build, and that voice, that gravelly voice that he brings to almost all of his characters. I mean, he worked for Candyman, but of course, Our I think a lot of people, yeah. listeners today, will remember him as uh, the the funeral like, director from the he's Final like, just Destination. So you know, films. like
0: this is yeah. what you gotta do. Yes. Nobody
3: ever fucking listens. So good luck. <laughs>
0: He was trying to help people, and he scared though. I know, Literally right? Literally
3: telling you how to survive, but you're not going to listen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh... And I would say that, and even though his career started back, I think it was '86 is when he started. His, is when he really started putting it out. I mean, he and he was in like platoon, um, did a bunch of really really good stuff. But I think. Uh, he, I think his real breakout was when he hit the when he hit the horror scene and he just you know hit it and ran. Was he was in Tom Savini's Tom Savini's remake of Night of the Living Dead in nineteen ninety? Um, he played Ben, the uh, the lead character in that,
0: and Ben to great effect. And yeah. you know the the original Ben from nineteen sixty eight was such a strong character. You know it's always risky bringing yeah. a character like that back, and Tony Todd did a really oh. great job doing it. Oh, he was
1: fantastic. Did you guys catch him in in the Wishmaster series? There's a <laughs> there's this uh, he, he played a character named Johnny Valentine, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody who did like that. I was hoping you guys had guys or you guys remembered it like this, but his wish goes horribly fucking wrong. And so, because you know the Wishmaster series, you know you, you he grants your wish, and then of course he twists it, and it's all fucked up, and like your skeleton jumps out of your body and shit. But uh, but Tony <laughs> but Tony Todd's uh, character that was quite entertaining. But he's had some yes. hits. I think another one that I really enjoyed of him is he played a. Yep. He was in an episode of the uh the X Files, and oh, yeah, he, he, he played a. He played. A, he played an ex-military guy who was uh, who underwent yeah, a the, a uh, an what experiment, what they call them, a government yeah, experiment to reduce or basically eliminate the, uh, their need for sleep. <laughs> yeah, and then he'd gone. I think he'd gone like, he like he twelve so years from without sleep. sleeping, and in his and he developed the ability. He he developed psychic abilities. You know, okay, being able to. Pre- yeah, he could project like his 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 uh his delirium, his delusions, he could project them outward and make people see shit. So it was it was and he played that it was one of the one of the best, I think, cuz he doesn't normally do drama. He doesn't do just straight drama and that one was a very dramatic character for him. We got to see him, you know, play the vulnerable side and you know just you know, he's a strong character but you know he's broken down. Such I mean, such an incredibly talented actor and I don't I know I love him in horror but I just don't I, – sometimes I, I'd like to see him flex his range every once in a while.
0: He's so, like, naturally intimidating, like, even when he doesn't want to. I think that's why, like, horror has been his genre because it's just like, <laughs> you know like – Like, I picture him, like, walking into a room, like, just saying, like, hi, guy, comedy- and still scaring the shit out of me. <laughs> 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 well, <hello>. ah! <laughs>
1: Well, he's he's working his ass off. Um, he's got, I think he's got five. He's got five more movies coming out. So He's slated for 2020 alone, um, and we're we're gonna get he? a uh, another Candyman. He's bringing Candyman back in
0: 2020. Ooh, I can't
1: wait! So I was really happy about that, but <laughs> but and for uh, for a real treat, and I think this would be good for anybody who is who has not seen it. But you know that there was a Scream TV series, right? Yeah. yeah. And so in season three, um, they actually got the rights back to use the original Ghostface mask. So the Ghostface costume. So in the first two seasons, they couldn't use it. There was a rights issue. And then finally, they you know, they got him back. And so we had Ghostface. It was legitimately Ghostface in the movie uh, or ghost Ghostface in the series. And so the series is going along. And then all of a sudden, Tony Todd shows up as the creepy... <laughs> Uh, the creepy owner of the local junkyard, and he had a hook for a hand <laughs> in that film, <laughs> or in the, in this series, he has a hook, he has a hook for a hand, and he gets into a fight with Ghostface at one point. So, if you want to see Candyman versus Ghostface, then you go check this way. It's pretty much the only reason to actually watch it because the acting is kind of so so. The kills were decent, but the storyline was just kind of weak in that respect. But otherwise, you get some great moments like Candyman versus Ghostface and shit like that. So, and I look forward to the 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 twenty twenty Candyman coming out. Definitely, definitely.
0: It's gonna be oh, a yeah. good year. It is, and we also have one more birthday. Right, birthday born December fourth, nineteen fifty one. Mick Garris. Oh, I fucking love this director. Also, also legendary director. He's responsible for uh, amazing stories, Hocus Pocus, Critters Two, The Sleepwalkers. I mean, just he's also he also did a mini documentary on uh, the making of the thing, the John Carpenter thing from '82. Oh shit, that's sweet. yeah. <laughs>
1: Dude, oh, I just, I just can't get over that. This. this is the guy who's behind the giant critter ball <laughs> in the movie Critters. Like he was like, you know what? I, I'm just trying to get into this dude's head. I'm trying to get past his flowing mane. It's, it, I can't get over his hair, but what I'm trying to get past it into his ball. head. magic. It's like, you know what? The first movie had like there, there were a bunch of little balls running around eating people. They could eat so what so many if they all got together and made a, a giant giant ball, ball. <laughs> and just tore. This is fucking and that is just that's just brilliance <laughs> to me. It's just like <laughs> and they they well, like when the when the ball rolls over that one dude, it just skins him alive in like three seconds. <laughs> oh you no, know, it's like it it eats him down to the bone. Like it just rolls over him and then he's just gone, just a skeleton, just shaking there on the fucking ground. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's just it's cool. So he got to start doing these making of little like documentary things for these like famous movies, like a thing in Goonies. And he started branching out on his own. And I mean, he's done he's done you know all kinds of other stuff. He did an episode of Sleepwalkers. He did two movie. episodes of Masters of
3: Horror. Sleepwalkers, um, Sorry.
0: just all over the place,
1: kind of thing. He's just good ones. Sleepwalkers? sleep Sleepwalkers? Yeah, yeah,
0: Sleepwalkers. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's he's actually done two. Um, yeah, dude, there King was like a, that was, he did Sleepwalkers, that it and like then he also did story, Riding Bolt, which is about a guy who takes a ride with a dead dude, and you know, oh yeah, on this, yeah. yeah, yeah, and
3: David,
1: yeah, David Arquette was the uh, was, was the crazy one. driver. The was the undead driver that picks him up. So like this that was a, that was also a a pretty effective little film. I enjoyed that one. Um, right. I didn't, but I recently found out. I didn't realize it. He was, but he he did batteries not included. Huh. The uh, with the little the little alien robots.
0: Oh, you're
1: right. The, the flying the little flying it's robots that, that come that come in and then they rebuild the hotel and, and It's got you know like all the cast yeah, members right. from Cocoon in it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> different day, different podcast. <laughs>
1: But he's been behind some, some great shit. I mean, he was involved, I mean, from, every, you said Hocus Pocus, you brought that up, and he was behind <laughs> The Fly 2, um, which was fantastic. He wrote The Fly 2, uh, Michael Jackson's Ghosts, which was in a really, I mean, the, I so found, off, it, found it to be kind of it's interesting. so off just, you know, like, he, I think he specializes in- yeah, all of his stuff. In off-beaten shit.
3: And he just looks at it differently than- anybody it's else. almost like a
0: fun great. type of horror kind of thing yeah it's like I'm gonna show you some stuff that's gonna blow your mind make you laugh and like you're not gonna be able to process like a giant ball of critters eating people
1: <laughs> happy birthday, that Mick was so fucking great I was just like this this is fucking
0: amazing <laughs> so happy birthday Mick Garris happy birthday Mick Garris All right, well, thank you for listening to another episode. We appreciate any feedback, comments, questions. Check us out on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. Go to our Facebook page. Go ahead and stab that like button. Get your daily dose of daily splatter, a little bit of horror knowledge every day. And thank you so much for your continued support. I'm here with Alex and JL, and I'm Eugene. Bye. And thank you so much for listening. Signing off. We will see you guys next week. Bye.
2: Bye.
0: (laughs) All right. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Just keep it rolling. Keep keep rolling. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to go it again, but just keep it rolling. Okay. Okay. Keep going. The beauty of editing. (laughs) Welcome back to the Weekend horror. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. It was my bad. I blew that ah, ah. All right. All right. Okay. All
0: right, all right. Okay. I'm good. Right. I'm, good. Right. I'm good. Sorry. Okay. Fuck
3: off. All right.
0: Mm. Still rolling. Still, okay, rolling. still rolling. Still rolling. All right.
3: <sighs>
1: <laughs> no. It's okay. Okay.
0: We're good. Angel's going to be like, what
1: the hell? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. sorry to the editor. Right. Okay. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat>